This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors took down the Brooklyn Nets by a score of 116 to 102 uh, at the Barclays Center on Tuesday night. Um, there's a bit of a rivalry between the Raptors and the Nets. I know, look, the Nets are really trash this year, despite the fact that they don't have any incentive to be trash. Um, it's actually impressive how trash they are, but. Um, you know, there is a bit of bad blood between the two teams. Um, and the Nets, you know, just like the last time the Nets played the Raptors in Brooklyn, the game that went to overtime, the game in which Kyle Lowry broke his ass in four. Um, you know, they're, the Nets play the Raptors hard. And even though the final scoreline, you know, it looks like a blowout, which is kind of what you would expect between the Raptors and the Nets. This was anything but a blowout. Like, it was a very contentious game. The Nets went up double digits in the first half, and the Raptors had to find a way to win the game. And, of course, they ultimately did win the game. The Raptors have won 16 of the last 17 games, that one loss being the Milwaukee game. Um, And they have now extended their current win streak to nine games. But, um, yeah, it was a fun game. And, oddly enough, uh, a very satisfying result to get out of a team like Brooklyn. First off, the story of this game pretty much was a chess match, right? Um, the Nets went super small to, like, play this game. Their center was a small forward in Dante Cunningham, who was, like, six foot eight and, like, 220 pounds. Um, their power forward was Damari Carroll, um, an old face there, um, and then a bunch of wings. And, like, you know, it wasn't even, like big strong powerful wings like these are all skinny dudes spencer dinwiddie might be 6'6 but he's skinny uh d'angelo russell is 6'5 but he's skinny alan crab is 6'7 but he's skinny so the nets went with a super small lineup and the goal there for them was just to try to exploit the raptors on, on three-point shots and try to outplay them because the raptors had ibaka and malanchunas in the starting lineup and, you know, to some extent, it really did work um especially in the case of d'angelo russell who started this game shooting seven of seven from deep with another foul that turned into a three free throw so he had 24 points in the first seven minutes with seven three-pointers it was insane um the raptors ultimately gave up 40 points in the first quarter but the raptors stayed in it they scored 32 themselves um but that deficit grew to 10 points in the second quarter but ultimately uh the reason why russell was going off is a couple reasons one the Raptors starters are slow starters, and, um, you know, they got kind of jumped on today. Uh, two, the Raptors kept switching, which was strange. Um, the Raptors, you know, well, the fact that the Raptors switched is not necessarily strange, but it was just strange the Raptors switched against this team because um, that left a lot of one-on-one situations where Dinwiddie, or sorry, um, Russell would pull up over a guy like Ibaka, pull up over a guy like Valanciunas. And also three, like, the defense played by Norman Powell in this game, uh, along with Valanciunas as his center, which the two of them together didn't really work. But 
the defense play by Nolan Powell today was just really poor. And Russell is consistently able to get around open around screens, get middle. Um, it, it just wasn't looking good. And so uh, Russell goes off early on. The Raptors kind of ride the ship. Of course, it's a bench unit that comes in, steadies things. Um, you know, it, it looked to be a little bit of a tough night for the bench unit because the Nets um, have a really physical uh, team of their own and they're really athletic off the bench and you know, they, they just get up and down the floor just like the Raptors do. So the Raptors didn't have a physical advantage. And, like, the biggest example of that was, like, Siakam. Like, Siakam is usually able to cross up and go past bigger players. Um, but the Nets had a guy like Hollis Jefferson, who's pretty much a Siakam, um, in the game to counter that. Uh, and so the Raptors weren't able to, you know, get a huge advantage off the bench. But the Raptors pretty much were able to tie this game um, the starters came back in. They got blown out again. Raptors go down 10, heading into halftime. Coming out of halftime, um, the Nets jumped the Raptors again. The starters again, just just did not do well in this game. Um, a couple of jumpers again by Russell to, to get going. And Dwayne Casey makes a bold call there to yank Powell from the lineup. And um, he went with Fred Van Vliet. And Van Vliet was playing... Russell really well on the ball in the first half. He didn't get that much time because, you know, Russell's a starter and Van Bleed's a bench player. But Casey went, uh, made the switch early on in the third quarter, about f- pretty much four minutes into the, the half, which is very early to pull someone like Powell. But, you know, Powell just wasn't getting the job done. Van Bleed comes in, locks down D'Angelo Russell. I feel like Russell only had like a one basket the rest of the way. It was... Like, Russell had the 24 points in seven minutes and ended up with 32 points tonight. And, you know, obviously 32 points is great, but just I would love to see the individual breakdown numbers of what he was shooting with Van Vliet on him because Van Vliet was playing some perfect, perfect defense. Um, And, you know, on the other end, it was just the pretty much the story of the game was, like, can the Nets generate more open threes against uh, a team like the Raptors who are way bigger than them and how the Raptors could respond by playing big ball versus small ball, basically. And, you know, usually in the modern NBA, it's small ball that wins up. But today I thought it was really a case where the Raptors stuck to their guns, played um, lineups with centers in them instead of downsizing to play with the Nets. And the Raptors won that way, which is, again, very rare. But you got to credit Valanciunas and, and to a lesser extent Ibaka. I mean, Ibaka was pretty active in the offensive glass. Didn't really do too much else, but Ibaka still had nine points and nine rebounds, you know, five free throws, three offensive rebounds. So that's decent for Ibaka, but especially Valanciunas. I mean, that's the guy that the Nets were really targeting on defense. Um, and, you know, Valanciunas, yes, he did concede a couple of threes, but he was also giving it back on the other end offensively. Um, he got a ton of offensive rebounds. The Nets couldn't guard him in one-on-one. He would score pretty much every time. He had a couple times where he would put the ball down and get stripped. Um, but overall, like 20 shots on one turnover is it's completely fine as a, as a ratio. And Valanciunas is just able to dominate and beat them down low, which, you know, um, this game ultimately you know, ended up being close. And, uh, you know, Van Vliet and the bench, they kind of like, you know, uh, brought the advantage up for a little bit. Um, but it was still pretty much a, a give-and-go kind of game uh, until midway through the fourth quarter, C.J. Miles randomly snapped. Um, up until this point, Miles had been really, really poor, uh, and he was playing very sloppy defense to start the fourth quarter. Um, he gave a couple fouls. That I think the Raptors had like four fouls in the first two minutes of the fourth quarter there. It was just very apparent that they're going to have to play through foul trouble. A lot of that was Miles unable to guard his man, but 
all of a sudden, C.J. Miles, you know, as is known to do, he is an explosive scorer, and so he scored all 12 of his points within a two-minute span in the fourth quarter where he drilled three really tough threes, got fouled in another three, and, you know, that kind of pushed the Raptors ahead by a solid margin, and from then on, it was just a matter of who was going to close the game. Um, Dwayne Casey made a bold call to put Valanciunas in the game. Usually, he does not close with his slowest center against teams that can shoot, but just like in that Rockets game, um, Valanciunas is giving you so much production, uh, and he was doing so many good things for you that Dwayne Casey was able to trust Valanciunas to provide and come through with for him, and that's what Valanciunas did. I mean, even in the fourth quarter, Valanciunas only had one bucket, but... Um, he was instrumental in getting on the glass, um, you know, both offensive and defensive. Um, and the Nets were forced to foul on him a couple of times. And also, you know, outside of that Miles outburst, there was a three-minute scoring drought. And that was with, you know, Pirtle and Siakam on the floor. The two of them couldn't really unsolve, unlock the defense. And it was up to Valanciunas to come in and set these huge screens and create mismatches and force the Nets to rotate. And that's how the Raptors were able to get a couple of their points. So, overall... The two main decisions that came, swung this game were Van Vliet and Valanciunas. The two of them together, um, you know, came to decide the game. Van Vliet was an absurd plus 31 in this game. He gets my first star. Van Vliet, 15 points on 5 of 10 shooting, three threes from the field, uh, four assists, two steals. Uh, but again, that plus 31 is not a joke. Every time Van Vliet came in the game, he steadied the floor. He provided a good presence on both ends of the ball. His on-ball defense against um, D'Angelo Russell was just incredible. Um, you know, obviously Russell was torching everybody to start. But once Van Lee came in, you didn't hear much from Russell. Uh, and that's a credit to Van Lee's defense. I mean, we all saw what he did against Chris Paul. And, you know, he just did the same thing, except to a lesser player. But, uh, you know, Van Vliet, uh, I just can't say enough about the guy, man. 28 minutes. He played 18 the last 20 minutes of the game. He only got a two-minute uh, breather, though in case he had to get creative with that. And the Raptors couldn't really score in that stretch. But, seriously, every time Van Lee came in the game, the Raptors were going to run. And that's just how it is with him. He's he's our most dependable player down the stretch, which is kind of crazy to say about. But uh, you know that's that's how it is with Van Vliet. Second star goes to Valanciunas, 26 points, 14 rebounds, and assist, a block, only one turnover, 12 of 20 shooting from the field. Um, JV was just a beast in the paint, man. And again, this is the kind of game where JV needs to have 20 shots. He needs to lead the team in shots because he's getting guarded by Dante Cunningham. The Nets are going to have to double-team him all the time. And while JV wasn't able to find the open man as much, the Nets weren't really giving sending extra bodies, and they were just trying to say, well, post-ups are not going to kill us. And, you know, to some extent, that's true. I mean, Valanciunas was effective in post-up, but they didn't really go to the post-up as much. But... Just Valanciunas rolling to the basket and catching the ball. Good hands to catch the ball in traffic and good hands to finish. Um, that was one of the big uh, deciding factors in this game. That and the fact that Valanciunas was so active on the offensive glass. Like, that's a classic case of how playing big can sometimes beat playing small. And Valanciunas, if he performs like this against small ball lineups, Dwayne Casey is going to have no issues playing him. Of course, you know, if he doesn't play like this, then it's an issue because he does give up a lot of open threes. But... You know, it is kind of it is what it is basically. And uh, the Nets tried to play their strategy; it didn't work. And most of that was because Valanciunas was so brilliant. And then, in terms of your third star, I mean, you can go a couple of ways here. Um, I thought Siakam had a nice all-around game. Um, Portal was really solid, um, eight point six uh, rebounds. But um, 
I'll probably give it to DeLon Wright. DeLon was very nice off the bench. Um, had a couple of impressive driving finishes. Uh, shot two of four from deep. I liked one sequence where Wright missed an open three. They got the rebound. Wright, like, basically relocated himself and then shot uh, another three, and he hit that one. It's a sign of his confidence of his shooting threes. And, you know, even though I wouldn't consider him much of a shooter because he can't really hit off the dribble like most uh, point guards can nowadays, Wright has been quietly shooting 43% from deeps from November onwards this season on about two attempts per game. And it's it, it's it's working for him. He's, he's really hitting those shots. And so the only thing with Wright, the knock with him, is just that he sometimes gets a little bit wild and has turnovers. Like he had a turnover in the fourth quarter where he drove into the paint and tried to force feed Pirtle and it got broken up. But uh, overall, Pirtle, or overall Wright uh, had a nice game, 10 points, three rebounds, four assists. So I'm going to give him the third star there. But um, it's a fun game. It was a very satisfying game, really. Like you don't really expect beating the Nets in a game, what, fifth, fourth, game 68 of the season. You don't really expect it. But, uh, you know. The Nets gave it a good effort, and the Raptors uh, rose to the challenges they always do. Again, credit to Dwayne Casey for making some of the coaching decisions he made. Um, he really thought his way through this game, and it was really a, a nice to watch the chess match unfold between him and Atkinson. Ultimately, you know, uh, Casey made the right call. Uh, it was also really satisfying uh, from a petty standpoint to see uh, Damari Carroll miss a wide-open three late in the game, uh, you know, it's just it's just happened to the Raptors so many times. And look, it, it was it's not just pure pettiness, okay? It was also Demar Carroll was really trying to like shove people, like bump into people, all sorts of weird stuff, like swiping at people, hard fouls. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you salty about? Like, yeah, you got traded. The reason you got traded was because you didn't perform. Like, never has Demar Carroll even given us one performance like what CJ Miles has done tonight where 12 points in two minutes where he just explodes and he carries the scoring for the Raptors for a while when the Raptors really need it that never once happened with with Demar in two years and CJ's given that to us like 10 years 10 times this season so you're not even as good as CJ Miles like what are you what are you salty about but um it was just satisfying to watch it's I mean there was also you know on the on the flip side of that Damari had one possession in the first half where he just drove by Serge Ibaka and got to the rim and scored a layup, and that made me so mad. Like, Serge, bro, I, I know you just have to step up here, man. You just have to. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, the Raptors got the win. And I think this is the first time we played against Damari Carroll since he got traded. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I don't think we should boo this man, whatever, but uh, if he's going to act salty like that, then it's going to be really enjoyable to see it when he misses a key three, you know? No longer will Matt Devlin be screaming, they need this, and for him to not deliver. So, In terms of the Gerald Henderson Award um, for the uh, opposing team that uh, came up big. You know what? It's weird to give it to him, but I have to. Um, Hollis Jefferson was really active and causing a lot of problems, it felt, felt like, for the, uh, for the Nets. He had 19 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, a block on 7-11 shooting from the field, 5-6 on the free throw line, all in 27 minutes, which sounds great, except that he was a minus 27, which I don't quite understand. I don't think he was that bad defensively. I think he was actually quite good, um, and he was definitely good offensively. So I'm just going to chalk it up to um, Hollis Jefferson for having the bad luck of having to play against Van Vliet. But, uh, yeah, Hollis Jefferson was a problem. He was physically very imposing. Um, I think he kind of creates a lot of contact. Like, he's like a weird mini guard version of um, Julius Randle. Um, they kind of have similar games that way. But um, 
I don't know. I was impressed by Hollis Jefferson. It is what it is. He had a nice night, despite the plus minus. So that does it for the game. Thank you to everyone for listening. Check out 10 Things as always. Um, check out the highlights of this game, really. It was a fun game to watch. And uh, smiles all around, man. The Raptors have won nine in a row now. Won 16 of 17. If you want to extend the back three more games, the Raptors have won 18 of 20. And the two games that they lost were both... Uh, by narrow margins, I think both in overtime, right? Like the the Washington game and then also the Bucks game. So, the Raptors are on a hell of a roll right now, man. And uh, we, you know, you know, we I know there's still a lot of discussion about you know respect from the national media and this and that, and we're almost going out of our way to look for slights now just to fuel the underdog narrative. And of course, it's justified, you know, like Raptors don't get their fair share of coverage or whatever, but. I mean, shit, you're kind of missing the bigger picture, man. I mean, you just got to enjoy each one of these wins. Like, this is the best team in franchise history. They're playing the best basketball in franchise history. And it would be a shame to, to you know, <laughs> look back on this time and think, man, I got really hung up on what, you know, Colin Coward was saying on some random podcast about whether the Raptors can beat LeBron or not. Like, who cares, man? Who cares what Paul Pierce is saying? Like, watch the games for yourself. Like, the Raptors have won 18 to 20. They are on a nine-game winning streak. They they beat Houston. They beat Boston. They beat Cleveland. Like, lots of lots of good things to look for in this in this season. And uh, the Raptors keep taking care of business, uh, and it's it's great to see. So, anyway, thank you everyone for listening, and I'll be back Thursday uh, to recap the next game.